Hey everybody, welcome to The Daily Objective, and today is the first day of a new era of U.S. politics. There's a new president being inaugurated. If you believe the news, I don't know. I mean, it could be all CGI. Anyway, um, jokes aside, I uh, hosted the show solo yesterday. It was kind of like a goodbye to Trump episode, and it was supposed to be like a review of Trump's presidency. And interestingly enough, it ended up being like a reservoir dogs format. That's what I call that. You know, reservoir dogs, the movie, am I pronouncing reservoir? I've never actually tried to say that word out loud. Reservoir. That movie reservoir dogs, it's about a bank heist, but you never actually see the bank heist. You see everything leading up to it. And then the aftermath of the bank heist. So interestingly enough, um, my, um, episode yesterday about the Trump presidency ended up sort of covering everything up until the presidency and then jumping to the end of it. So wasn't that kind of cool. Uh, But I'm back here today. You know, some of you liked the episode yesterday. Some of you did not like it. Some of you uh, were upset at the title. Good riddance, Donald Trump, it was called, which by the way, I I personally have nothing to do with. I'm I'm flattered that you think I have, I, I make those kind of executive decisions in any capacity, but personally, I had nothing to do with selecting the title, but also, um, you know, people are upset. They go, Oh, you're a leftist. You're this, you're that. I mean, yes, as you can see, I've even got my leftist glasses here today and, um, I'm here to promote the left, the leftism that we, uh, obviously fully endorse here at the Ayn Rand center UK, by the way, I am, uh, sick. I am, I don't think it's the virus, but it is a virus. I am sick. Um, I've been, it's been this way for a couple of days, but that has not stopped me from making it to the show to push the leftist ideology that we so firmly hold. Uh, so if any of you feel bad about me being sick, obviously we have a super chat feature. You can express your remorse. Today, we are going to talk about what's next. And the title is Better Now. Um, we're hoping to get some of that Post Malone uh, fan base to click on it because of his famous big hit. Uh, as you can see, we're in touch with the youth. We're, we're, we're learning how to, how to deal, how to connect with the culture. And is it going to be better now? I mean, um, no. I mean, it's going to suck to use the loose language. I apologize. It's going to suck. But um, something needed to change. Something, uh, whatever Trump was uh, bringing into politics, I think, needed to be nixed. It needed to be nipped. It needed to be stopped. And, um, you know, get mad, I say, stay mad. You don't like me saying it? Stay mad, as they say in the streets. Um, But that's my opinion. You know, it's my opinion. It doesn't have to be your opinion. We're going to talk about what's next. Uh, In my opinion, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, Probably not as bad as like the, as some Trump fans want to believe it's going to be. They think um, that this is like the AOC presidency like she's uh, a puppet master controlling Joe Biden. It's probably not going to be anything close to that. But as we know, um, we have so much government intervention in the economy, so much sort of socialized medicine in place. And obviously, Biden is not going to deregulate. He's not going to make it. He's not going to pull back any of that. So um, there's uh, an opportunity for the non-Democrats to spend the next few years or even just the next couple of years with the Senate and Congress races as well, to think about what, what are you going to uh, offer as an alternative? 
Um, now that you need to live with the embarrassment of what you've partaken in the last few years um, with the era of Trump, are you going to stick with that? Are you going to stick with the populism or are you going to uh, pretend that you were principled this whole time? That is my message. My question to Republicans, I think as far as Biden, um, it, you know, he's certainly probably not going to make anything better. Uh, how much worse is it going to make things? I don't know. Um, people say, oh, Kamala Harris is in control of him. In my estimation of things, Kamala Harris is thinking about running for president and it's going to be an unsuccessful run because frankly, the only reason she's in office now is because she was selected by Biden. She, she could not get nominated. So she's, she's planning her unsuccessful run for the president in a few years. And uh, the only way she'll win, honestly, is if Republicans shoot themselves in the foot again. Um, so uh, think about that before you make yourselves a victim. And speaking of making yourself a victim and uh, getting away from unhealthy psychological methods, and maybe he's even got some medical advice since I am dealing with uh, minor illness right now. Uh, let's welcome a guy all the way from England where the center is located, a guy who goes by the name of Josh Dixon. Good to see you again, Rucker. And I'm sorry you're ill. Um, Thanks. Def definitely cannot solicit any medical advice i do not want to get in trouble i'm not a doctor um, my partner is a doctor but she does not like bringing work into the home so well i hope you don't get uh, sick at home or you'll be I, whenever i get sick whenever i get sick at home i get no sympathy but that's the way it goes that's like uh, being married to a chef you know they come home from work and the last thing they want to do is uh get a bunch of pats and pot pots and pans out and cooking again they're just like all right let's order in so ironically enough um definitely anyway how much attention do you pay to american politics or to politics at all i do you know it's, it's, it's the older i get the less i i focus on politics um the more it boils i have this running thing with razzy it's like please don't get me on any politics shows and here we are on a politics show because you know, when I was when I was a teenager and stuff, I thought it was all about politics. And the more and more I go through it, it says, you know, politics is the last stage. But to be fair, I, you know, I, when something really matters, I get involved. So I, I got very uh, interested in the whole Brexit um, campaign and all of that that was going on. And, and that that held my attention for for a while. Um, but you know, it, everything is such mixed premises these days that. There's going to be a couple of good things that happen and a whole load of bad things that happen and entrepreneurs will keep doing their thing and we'll lose some more freedoms and we'll get more, there'll be more tax and there'll be some great things that pop up in the middle. And I just think it's going to be bleh. That's just that there's nothing about this excites me, but it doesn't terrify me, but I'm, you know, I'm not American either. So I don't have that. I don't understand the nuances of American politics in quite the same way. Well, we're sort of figuring it out ourselves. Uh, America is a very interesting and unique place. Um, so basically, we're all pragmatists now. Um, and arguably, Americans have been pragmatists for a very long time in politics. And, and just that's sort of the American philosophy. Um, yeah. And 
in politics, there was a remnant of sort of a philosophical take of things. You used to see this with maybe the speeches of people like Ronald Reagan. I mean, whether or not he lived up to it in his practice, his at least his words um, paid lip service to that type of thing. And people like George Bush uh, a Jr. I, I'm not I don't remember the, the older one. I was very young. But um, and, and even Obama, I mean, just generally having a, a president who speaks in terms of principles has been sort of a part of the American way. And we sort of pride ourselves, I think, in being the land of ideas. Of course, I wish we were more consistent with it. I wish we would fully, fully understand that geography has nothing to do with America. I mean, I'd be perfectly fine with picking up and moving the whole country over to another continent and just doing it right there. Do it, move it to another planet frankly. Um, but yeah, there is this ongoing uh, sort of tradition, I guess, of American presidents and politicians uh, speaking in terms of principles. We are the land of ideas. And Donald Trump got up there. Uh, <laughs> I can already hear the people getting angry because we're here to talk about Biden today and I'm bringing up Trump four years ago. But on his inauguration, he got up there and his speech was, today marks a new era of politics where we are taking power away from the ruling class and giving it back to the people. That's his, uh, that's his message. That's what he, that's how he wanted to spend that um, speech with the whole world watching. That's what he wanted to talk about. Um, so it's sort of, um, you know, like I mentioned yesterday on my solo show here, everything, like not everything, but a lot of the things that Obama was accused of being and often rightfully so, like he was called like anti-American and I don't think Trump is anti-American, but like similar to Obama, he doesn't quite appreciate um, the founding principles of America. And maybe he's not even really aware of what America was meant to be in the first place. So uh, Trump is like the, a lot of the worst of Obama in, in that respect, kind of um, on steroids. So Obama looks like a very principled um, statesman. I hate to say this compared to Trump, like Obama seemed to respect the um, the sort of formality of the U.S. government. The fact that it's not about any one person who just walks in there and just issues his wishes. And I know people are going to say, oh, Obama was plenty bad. He signed a bunch of executive orders. I mean, I don't disagree. I agree. But my point is, you know, if Obama uh, ran the Titanic into an iceberg, Trump's uh, solution is to grab giant buckets and start filling the boat with water. And if I disagree with that, that means I, you know, I'm, I'm a leftist and all of that. So it, it becomes kind of frustrating um, to talk about this. And like you, I'm not that interested in politics, but obviously it comes up. It's, it's become an increasingly big part of the culture, probably in England as well as in the US and, and everywhere. Uh, politicians have become like celebrities. It's become like Hollywood I think John Stewart famously said, it's like Hollywood for ugly people. Um, that is politics. And um, it's like, it's inescapable. And, you know, as a social commentator, I can't get away from Trump, you know, as an entertainer, as a sort of a comic, I can't get away from Trump and now Biden. I can't get away from politics. It's such a big part of, um, of the culture we live in. So um, it's very difficult to get away from. And obviously when we're hosting a show here, we need to talk about kind of what we're assigned. We need to be relevant to what people are thinking about and what they're interested in. So we need to talk politics. Um, yeah. Uh, Christopher yeah. in the chat. And, uh, said, sorry, he says Hollywood is for people with no 
is for people with no talent. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I think uh, one of our co-hosts here on the show might disagree with that generalization. But uh, if you think acting in uh, big movies is very easy, you should show us how easy it is and go ahead and do it. I heard it pays pretty well. But go ahead, Josh. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, what about the, the talent of directors and producers and all those kind of people as well? Who this geniuses in, in there, no question. You know, and, and I think, yeah, it's quite clear that film is probably the highest form of, of art. Into hardest form of art, sorry, not the highest form of art, because you are putting together so many different things into one concrete whole. And therefore, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sneer at, at Hollywood like that, personally. That's yeah, my take. And, and now he followed up by saying politics is Hollywood with no talent. I don't know if he's correcting. Yeah, he says it's a misunderstanding. So that's okay, what I thought okay. he meant at first. Politics is Hollywood with no talent. Um, yeah, that's a pretty fair way to say it, I suppose. But I mean, they have a talent. Now, I hate to just be disagreeable here, but that seems to be who I am. Um, maybe the psychologist can help me with this. But um, well, I, I hate to say this, but like what well, part of in the theme of politics becoming such an essential part of the culture, like a lot of the most bright, ambitious young people have moved to Washington, D.C. in the last few decades. That is one of the most lucrative career opportunities um, to move to D.C. or to st maybe start with local politics and eventually move to D.C. and to just get involved with politics. Um, it absolutely is creepy and insane, uh, but that is what we get with a lobby system. That is what we get with a government whose job it is to kind of not fix things, but to please certain constituents. And um, they pride themselves in how much money they spend on an issue rather than solving an issue. Uh, it's, it's like the opposite of the business world. Can I ask you a question? Do any of your, any of your friends that you grew up with or... Um, went to school with, etc. Any of them going into politics? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in sort of a multiple places. I moved around quite a bit, but um, of all the people I've known in the past, well, actually, well, not exactly. One guy that I was friends with in my mid twenties um, is like, I think, involved in some conservative think tank in in DC. So I definitely got a, a big, serious glimpse into the mindset and um, sort of the culture around that type of thing. I definitely have known, I've been to like events um, where like um, sort of politically minded people congregate and the lack of principles is definitely startling. Um, and this is, you know, my exposure to, to the world of politics was a good five, six, seven, eight years ago. I mean, I can't even imagine how much worse it's gotten in the era of Trump. So um, like Republicans of, of, you know, 10 years ago are laughed at today. Like they're way too principled compared to the Trumpian Republicans. So, um, I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit of a glimpse into that whole world, but, um, not too many of my, my people from my personal circles went into politics that I can think of, um, from growing up. How about you? No, not, not at all. No one. It just, it's just not something that I ever hear anyone thinking, hey, that's a cool thing. I really want to go into that. It I knew some people. More... I mean, I knew some people who said I, I wasn't maybe fr close friends with any of them, but I, I've, I've known people who said they're going to go into politics and maybe they have um, if I were to follow up. Um, so I think a lot of people, they start off idealistic. So it's they, not everyone starts off cynical, like, yeah, I'm going to go into Holly, uh, Hollywood, into politics because it's so lucrative. 
people do start off and, and there's this ongoing thing and you see this everywhere. Like I'm going to, this sort of drain the swamp mentality. It's, it's kind of how a lot of people start off. They go like, I'm going to, you know, fix it. I'm going to, you know, there, yeah, there's a lot of corruption, but I'm going, I'm not going to be corrupted. But what they don't understand is that the lobby system by nature is corrupt. And by going into politics, the fact that you say, no, I'm going to actually be the voice of the, the people. I'm not going to be the voice of, you know, the big lobbies that you're just choosing one lobby over another, right? The people quote unquote, it's just another lobby, you know, the welfare lobby or the workers union or something. Anyway, you turn, you're turning towards a big lobby. Uh, and that is the nature of the lobby system. So there's no such thing as just divorcing the lobby system from corruption. Um, and you will end up enriching yourselves if enriching yourself in politics, if you do anything, because people want to throw money at you all day so that you remember them when you're in office. Um, and that is, uh, that is the sort of nature of the lobby system. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this, that, that's what is, is the huge turnoff for politics for me is, is, is all of that side of it. I mean, everyone I know, the, the, the politics that most people I know is, is a single issue politics. So yeah, people I know will say, uh, I don't want anyone building new houses on my next to my house, or we're going to get rid of sewage in the river. Or it, it seems to be much more. That's the only thing I see people really step out. And then then they all the clapping for the NHS and stuff in the UK as well, which is kind of faux politics. But I don't. It it does. It's I don't know. It's a different kind of mentality that wants to go in there. And and I think the most interesting thing for you know put this out to people out there is 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 if you sign up to the Harry Binswanger letter, he does a thing called Meeting of the Minds on Sundays, and he did a really interesting discussion on um, how philosophy guides history, uh, you know, determines history and the the ridiculousness of um, we all have to have a conversation. And he was talking about how, you know, we've been having conversations with each other as far back as you can remember. But he says, like, we can have a conversation, but do taxes go up or do they go down? We can have a conversation about it, but did they go up or did they go down? You can't just have a conversation and make everything okay. And this, this sort of insanity. And it's interesting take that he had is that he wants more divisiveness, not less. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, and I, I, I'm not going to go into that right now, but I invite people, if you're interested by a comment like that, to, to, check, to check that kind of thinking out because it's very enlightening. Yeah, and people, um, you hear them say things like, why don't we just, you know, like cut all out all the BS and just solve, like kind of um, just come together and solve these problems. And like these sort of high hopes people have for politicians and presidents is like, he's going to get the job done. You know, he's going to put aside all the nonsense and just get the job done. But what does that even mean? Like, um, and like when people are just completely divorced from any, um, from any respect for the legal process, for like the, the formality, as I call it, the rule of law, the, the fact that there is a sort of ceremonial process to changing government and to implementing laws. Um, what they're basically end up doing is just becoming sort of dictatorial and, um, when people say like, you know, let's just, let's just come together and put, a, put aside all the BS and just like fix the country. They're basically saying they want some kind of benevolent socialism, some type of benevolent fascism, kind of like, 
you know, let's just fix the problem. No, I don't want you fixing my problems. I don't want anybody making decisions on my behalf. I want what's mine. I want my life. And um, anyone who wants anything from me needs to ask. Um, so we need to get back to more of an individualistic um, approach to politics and to everything else. Um, it does become very frustrating uh, talking about this uh, with a lot of people. And like, um, you know, like you mentioned, that have taxes gone up or down? Like well, a lot of people, you know, we can uh, uh, appreciate this at the Ayn Rand Center UK. A lot of people, they, re they read Ayn Rand, they're inspired, they think it's wonderful, but then their, their view of politics is just the same. Yeah, lobby system, pragmatism. And um, it just seems, very, it, it becomes very difficult to reach them, which I think is sort of a indication that it's, it's, it's definitely the universities have a lot to do with this. Like we definitely, uh, objectivism needs to get uh, into the universities for there to be any serious change in the culture, because ultimately the most influential people, uh, they do go to college and they, they are influenced by what they learn over there and they do influence the culture. And uh, that needs to be a very big uh, part of the plan if there is to be a plan for saving the world. Mm. So uh, this is this is what I would say that the, the thing that amused me on my journey back from to get here is there's a there's a sort of a provocateur on Twitter called Old Holden who's a, he, kind of a libertarian he he posts about Rand from time to time and so on but he just said Biden will do what every other president does wake up in the morning take a look at the finance books scream and go and play golf for four years and I, I kind of think maybe that's what we're in for. I mean, that would be better than, uh, than some of the other um, possibilities. And by the way, you know, in the chat room, uh, thank you, Mary Lean and all the other super chatters, Zalmi, Christopher, and Daniel. Um, uh, Hugh in the chat room says the Dems control Hollywood. The Democrats control Hollywood. I would say not only that, but the Democrats control the Republican Party. I mean, Donald Trump is a Democrat. Uh, all of his most enthusiastic supporters, a lot of them are like former Democrats. And I mean, like the, being Republican means nothing. I mean, you can say it meant nothing 10 years ago. It was always this unprincipled batch of people. Certainly Trump has de definitely like uh, drained out any semblance of principles of, of um, property rights, individualism, capitalism. He's t completely turned the Republican Party into nothing but um, the Democrat Party. So um, we're, all, we're all Democrats now, I think is a way to put it, sadly. Um, Anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, coming up at 7 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Eastern, a discussion of Rand's essay, How Does One Live a Rational Life in an Irrational Society? with James Valiant and moderator Eamon. Uh, you know Eamon. He famously came on the show, challenged me. We debated, and uh, he, was an, he was an honorable adversary and, uh, and an opponent. So looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing what he gets into later today. That's uh, coming up at 7 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, Josh. Uh, great to have you on the show. Good to see you. Hope you feel and better soon. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's my last show here on, of the week. Hopefully uh, next time you see me, I will be uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say, um, not in the street, but I guess in the, um, in the country club or yeah. wherever sophisticated people speak. Thank you, everybody, again. We'll be back here tomorrow, and uh, goodbye. Take care.